If you can't wait a whole month for our next episode, you can join our Patreon membership for early releases and exclusive content for only $5 a month at patreon.com slash transgender school. And you can rent our 90-minute course, Transgender Allyship 101, where we reenact my coming out and teach you how to be a true ally to any trans person in your life at vimeo.com slash on demand slash trans ally. Welcome to the Transgender School Podcast, where we talk about diverse LGBTQ identities and experiences so that we can all be better allies and advocates. I'm Bridget. My daughter Jackie came out as a transgender woman when she was 19. I was totally unprepared, but I've learned a lot since then. When I came to terms with my identity, I realized that I needed to transition, but coming out was very stressful. Now I want to help other trans people navigate their own experiences. everybody. Welcome back to the Transgender School Podcast. This is episode 36, and the topic for today is what to do when your kid comes out as trans. Thanks for being here, everyone. This is a really important topic, and I'm looking forward to getting into it and specifically getting into some of the facts and research behind this issue. Me too. And it was interesting because as we were talking about possible topics for this episode, we realized that we didn't have an episode specifically dedicated only to what to do when your kid comes out as trans. And it is something that I get asked about on a very regular basis. Parents reach out to me, my kid just came out. What do I say? What do I not say? What do I do? Parents or friends of mine let me know that a friend of theirs has a child that just came out. So we wanted to have an episode just for that. And we hope that it's shared widely because people need to know what the best way to respond is and what could be really harmful. And I also want to say that I have an article, the same title, that's called What to Do When Your Kid Comes Out as Transgender. That's on Medium. I've gotten a lot of great feedback on that. And that's often the way that people find their way to us, because that was one of the first things that I put out publicly. So we're going to refer to some of the things in that article, but we're going to bring in a lot more of our own experience and recommendations and some tips for you. If this is something that you or someone you love or anyone at all that you know needs some guidance on. And we recognize that a lot of people who are listening to this might be in a difficult place. So we just want to be clear that we are welcoming you to this episode as a non-judgmental educational space, whether you're the type of parent who says you're an ally but are struggling with justifying who your kid is and challenging them, whether you're feeling honestly pretty blatantly disapproving. We're here. We just want to talk about these issues in an educational, non-judgmental way, and we hope you will stick around and listen to the whole episode. Thank you for saying that, Jackie. Yes, all are welcome, and we hope that you'll learn from our experience. So to share very briefly our experience, it was about six and a half years ago now that Jackie came out as transgender, and she was 19. It was the shock of my life. I didn't see it coming. I wasn't expecting it. And to be quite honest, as we've talked about before, I did not handle it well. I 
denied her reality. I challenged her. We had a lot of really difficult, painful conversations. And so that's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about the topic that we're sharing today, because I've had lots of parents tell me that by us sharing that, they've been able to avoid that and avoid a possible rift or even estrangement, which has happened in lots of families due to these conversations and these mistakes, I'll just call them. So when your child first comes out, you have lots and lots of options of things to say and do, and we're going to help you understand what some of the the better choices are. And one of the places that I've learned the most about that is from my support group, I want to say. So please find, first thing, find a local support group. I was so clueless when Jackie came out and my support group thankfully had professionals, doctors and therapists who specialize in, in transgender clients and understanding the transgender experience. And so I learned a tremendous amount. And one of the things we want to start with is just to be so aware that what you say and do could make all the difference and it could be a matter of life and death. We do not want to understate the importance of this. And there's a saying that I learned in the support group when new parents would arrive and be incredibly non-affirming and in denial and trying to encourage their kids to not transition or to wait to transition. And I heard someone, one of the parents at some point say, would you rather have a dead son or an alive daughter? Now, this phrase stood out to me when I reread the article in advance of this episode, particularly because I have heard countless conservative reporters, media figures, politicians repeat and, and frankly just mock that statement and talk about how trans people have higher suicide rates, some of the research around those rates relative to surgeries and things like that. And there's there's a lot of red herrings out there. They They seem really triggered, to use one of their favorite words, by this phrase, by this point. And so I wanted to dive into some of the statistics behind it, just, just to highlight how real this threat of suicide, self-harm, and destructive behavior that results from a lack of family acceptance is. So these statistics are from the Family Acceptance Project at San Francisco State University, which conducted some of the most comprehensive research on LGBTQ mental health issues. And they found that rates of attempted suicide by LGBT young people whose parents tried to change their sexual orientation was more than double the rate of LGBT young adults who reported no conversion experiences. So that's a 22% rate of attempted suicide by those who reported no conversion experiences compared to a 48% rate of attempted suicide by those who reported conversion experiences. And that is just for people whose parents didn't accept their identity. For LGBT young people who reported both home-based and community-based, usually meaning therapists and religious leaders intervention to try to change their gender identity, they saw a 63% rate of suicide attempts. So triple the rate of those who are accepted by their family and by their community. Levels of depression also more than doubled at 33% for LGBT young people whose parents tried to change their sexual orientation compared to those who reported no conversion experiences at 16% and more than tripled at 52% for LGBT young people who reported both home-based and community-based efforts to change their sexual orientation by therapists and religious leaders. 
Thank you, Jackie. I hope that people feel the weight of those statistics. I'm wondering if a lot of the folks listening to the podcast are not in those categories. I would hope that someone who might even consider conversion therapy or complete denial and rejection of their trans child would find their way to our podcast, but I'm not sure I'm that optimistic. I hope you're here if that's you and you'll at least hear us out. But what I think is probably true, Jackie, is that a lot of the people that will be listening to this are people like me, people who who find themselves thinking they were LGBTQ allies, but now confronted with a very different, never expected surprise that their child is actually saying I'm transgender. Yeah, I, I imagine that a lot of people who are listening to this might feel like they're not the type of person who is going to try to change their child's sexual orientation or gender identity. But it's important to understand that doing things like what you and my dad did when I first came out, asking, are you sure? Asking, are you sure this is not a phase? Uh, mm -hmm. Trying to push me to delay hormones and other medical treatment and saying, well, if you just wait and see if you still feel this way, that those, those really are substantive efforts to try to change someone's self-expressed gender identity. And that that is whether or not you're sending your kid to conversion therapy, whether or not you're citing uh, religious beliefs, that those acts of denial, that is still harmful to a, to a child regardless. Absolutely. You just you just caused me to have a huge shift because the statistics you're citing do apply to parents like me, the kids of parents like me. And I'm trying to distance myself even still from that, but you're 100% right. And a lot of the statistics specifically just address family support and family affirming behaviors and communication versus lack of family support and non-affirming behaviors. And I'd have to admit at this point, six years down the road, we were not affirming and we we did not support you by completely embracing and hearing you and believing you. We did not do that. So we fall into the risks of those statistics as well. So wherever you fall, parent, if you're a parent, if you're a friend, a family friend of someone in this situation where their child has come out as trans, know that we're not just talking about the extreme cases of strict religions or conservative political families. We're actually talking about families like ours, which my husband and I, my parents, we all considered ourselves incredibly liberal, LGBTQ plus allies, very knowledgeable, and yet I can, speaking for myself, made a lot of mistakes. So I should also point out before we move on from talking about these statistics that we cited just one example of a lot of research that is out there on family and community acceptance and how it affects the mental health of LGBTQ people. And whatever you hear, whatever you might be hearing from conservative media or people in your family or friends who disagree, the framing of the question is really critical here. Whatever red herrings might get thrown out there about surgeries or hormones or other things, it always comes down to family acceptance. If you do your own research, if you go out there and you look at scholarly sources, the research is unanimous. Family acceptance is the biggest factor and has a huge impact on the mental health of LGBTQ people. There is no way around that. A lack of family and community acceptance is a huge impediment 
to a happy, healthy, successful life for LGBTQ people. And there's a lot of red herrings that will get thrown out there by conservative media, by conservative politicians, by that guy you know at work who disagrees, who uh, read an article that says that that's all wrong. And it's just so important to know how to frame the question, because when you do your research and you frame the question around family and community acceptance, there's no debate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will, I will make sure to link the Family Acceptance Project out of San Francisco State University because that is some of the most powerful research, incredible research that I know of that proves exactly what you're saying. And there's a lot more research out there. You you can find it easily. So I think that sets up why we want to talk about this the topic for today. And I would put things into two buckets, what to say and do and what not to say and do. We probably can start with what not to say and do, which there's a lot more there. The good news is there isn't a lot to say. (laughs) The affirming things to say are actually very simple and easy. And they're actually, a lot of our recommendations are about backing off and letting your child discover and explore and share what they're comfortable sharing. But there's this whole list of things that can be incredibly harmful to say. So let's start there. I think we want to look at anything that denies the reality for your child that they are transgender. Things such as saying, couldn't it be a phase? We would have known sooner. There's no way. I said some of the things I said to Jackie, but you're 19. We would have known sooner. I watch I Am Jazz and Jazz knew when she was three. And as soon as she was verbal, she was able to say, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. So all of these misconceptions that people have that we've been made to believe about how we would have known or this can't be true. Jackie, you played baseball and you like to drive your car fast and all these stereotypes about males that made me believe that this couldn't possibly be true about you. Unfortunately, I actually said those things to you. And as you know, I, if I could go back and change anything, I would change all of that. And I would take back everything I said because I can now see that it's just complete denial. It's non-affirming. It's not helpful in any way. And anything along those lines that is non-affirming, that is a denial of what your child is telling you must be avoided. To use an example that's not about someone being trans, if you have a child who's raised in a very strict conservative religious family and they spend their whole childhood following all the rules and being perfect and never breaking any rules, never getting in trouble, never doing anything they shouldn't. And then they go to college and they go crazy and they drink and they go to parties and they do all kinds of dangerous and illegal things. And it, it's not that they weren't that person who wanted to do those things all along. It's not that they were actually that person who was perfect and never broke the rules and did everything they were supposed to. It's just that that's what was demanded of them. And so that's the that's the mask they put on. That's the front they put up because they understood that that's what people wanted from them. And so a lot of trans people, myself included, get really good at creating a mask and showing people what they want to see. And I think it can be really confusing for parents when they've been looking at that mask that their child's been putting up all those years and they have this idea of who their child is in their head that doesn't match with the person that their child is now telling them they actually are. And that can be, I understand why that's a really difficult process. And I think that requires, frankly, a lot of work on the part of the parents and a lot of dealing with 
the idea of who you think your child is and who you want your child to be and and letting go of that and accepting that your child is going to have some level of self-determination over their life and who they are. And that I imagine I don't have kids, so I don't know, but I imagine that can be a really difficult process. It is difficult. I love your example of they're not, that's not necessarily who they are. They're trying to conform. They're trying to be the child you want them to be. And it reminds me of another excuse or form of denial that many parents will articulate, which is, well, my kid's always been troubled and they've always been a rebel. I can't tell you how many parents have said to me or suggested, my kid is just doing this to rebel. Like they're doing it as something they're doing against you as the parent. And that's never, ever, ever the case. If a young person says, I am transgender, I want you to think about how much they've gone through internally to grapple with this. There's a whole process that psychologists teach us about. They call coming in, actually coming to terms with being transgender yourself. And most young people will research online, will sometimes join private forums where no one will know because they're trying to figure out, is this really true for me? So when you actually speak the words for a parent to respond with, you're just doing this to hurt me, or you're just doing this to be difficult or to make trouble, or, or you're just doing this because your friends are doing this. Please know that that just does not happen. That doesn't make any sense that someone would choose to transition and go through all you have to go through to hurt you or cause you pain. It's so self-centered and self-absorbed to, to have thoughts like that. But, and, and I don't mean to be judgmental. We wanna, again, include and embrace and we understand you're gonna have all these feelings because it's so hard to accept and it's so hard to comprehend. But please know that you don't wanna say any of these things and that you don't even wanna thank them because they're not gonna be the reality. There are a lot of things that kids will do to rebel against their parents and their boundaries. And I did do a lot of those things. Being trans is not one of them. can guarantee you that. Exactly. And in fact, it just breaks my heart now to think your child actually trusting you and saying to you, I am trans, is the opposite of rebellion. It's It's hoping that they can trust you to love them and support them and comfort them with what they now know that probably feels very scary and incredibly difficult to say out loud. It's the opposite of rebellion. I'm your child. I'm trusting you with this. It's, it's, it's terrifying. It's tender. It's scary. And a lot of times young people, this is another thing, they don't fully know or understand. Sometimes young people will come out as non-binary and then they'll really look deeper and explore and realize, no, I'm trans. Or they'll come out as trans and realize, no, I'm non-binary. Parents putting this pressure, well, if this is true for you, why can't you articulate it perfectly? And how, why don't you know exactly who you are? And why can't you tell me that? Well, because sometimes we don't know yet. Well, and I think it's also important to mention to tie this back to the research done by the Family Acceptance Project that a lot of what people, would, what parents would think about as rebellious behaviors, particularly substance abuse, is tied to lack of family acceptance. So if you want your kid to be less likely to abuse substances, to be more likely to be gainfully employed throughout their life, accepting them is the best thing you can do and not challenging their identity. Exactly. There's this confusion about causality because another thing I hear parents say all the time, well, my kid was always depressed. My kid has had mental health challenges. Which came first? 
is it that the world they live in, knowing in somewhere inside that they're trans and knowing that they live in a transphobic world that's possibly causing depression, anxiety, other challenges, and understanding that that's not parents will misunderstand that and say, well, it's really that it's really depression. It's really anxiety. It's not being trans. The bottom line is that if you are a parent and you're trying to deny this reality and coming up with all kinds of reasons why it isn't true, it isn't real, your child is mistaken, young adult or minor, whatever age they may be, there is very, very, very little chance that you're going to be right about that. But what, what there is a high likelihood of, and we don't want for you is that it's going to create distance between you and your child. And it might even harm your relationship significantly or destroy it permanently. And again, we're not saying these things as threats or to try to scare you. We're we're saying these things because they are realities as evidenced by research and a lot of lived experience of trans people and their family members, including the two of us. And so we're we're saying all this because we want to help you and we want to help you come out of that place of, of confusion and being scared and not knowing what to do and feeling like you need to push back on something that's new and scary. And and we know it's new and scary, but you you can get through this and you will get through this and you'll ultimately be a lot better off and your kid will be a lot better off if you find it in yourself to be flexible and to suspend your disbelief and to open your mind to new ideas that you might not have considered. Exactly. And know that we we do recommend that you get support, that these thoughts and these feelings and these fears and these doubts, there is a place for them in a family support group. My, my family support group was incredible and free. And there were lots and lots of parents further on in the journey or going through the same things as me. We're not saying there isn't a space for you to voice these concerns and to learn and to try to grapple with all of this, but please don't do it with your child. It's not their job. It's not their job to take care of you. They have enough to work through in figuring out if and how, in what ways they might want to transition socially, medically. They don't need to be their parents' therapist or comfort for the distress that they're going through. It's not really fair to put them in that position if you think about it. So Jackie, I feel as if we've covered a lot around what not to do in any way deny, say it's a phase. The first thing I said was, don't you mean sexual orientation? Even though I absolutely know the difference, my brain so could not go there to that you're transgender. It was maybe you're gay instead. And a lot of parents do that. So we don't want to do any of these things, nothing that would be any kind of denial or non-affirming of your child's reality. One thing I'll add that parents also shouldn't do that we haven't talked about yet, but is really important is to not out your child to other people without their permission. Even your co-parent or spouse, if the child does not feel comfortable letting them know. And that can be a really, really, that might be the most controversial thing I've said in this whole episode is you can't tell your spouse something about your child if they don't want you to. But you have to understand that that trust is paramount and that if your kid has told you that they are trans, and especially if you're the first person or one of the first few people they've told, keeping that confidence and keeping that trust will be really, really essential to this process. And that is 
a huge down payment on on this whole process and and earning your child's trust and showing them that that you're going to be an ally in this is to not tell people who they don't want to know or in the inverse if they want you to tell people for them because they don't want to go tell other relatives that's a nice favor you can do them too exactly and that's a big concern for parents i know having talked with so many parents at the beginning of the process how am i going to tell people it's i'm in this limbo where i know and nobody else knows and it weighs so heavily on you just know take it one step at a time try not to worry so much about that until you get to that point because a lot of young people they need this time in between to figure things out before everybody knows. And it might take a while and you have to give them that space as long as they need until they're ready for anybody to know. I have seen cases where it's years. So it's not up to you as a parent to make that decision there, your child. The bottom line that I learned in the support group and that we always say is you've got to let your child lead and you've got to follow. And it's all your job is only to provide support and love and we also didn't mention medical transition, and we have a whole episode with Dr. Johanna Olson-Kennedy, who was amazing and shared a lot of really valuable information about medical transition, as well as other related topics. But all we can say here is your child is likely going to want to make some changes, whether slowly or quickly, and whether they be medical or just social. And bottom line, just support, provide whatever's needed whatever you have means and access to provide. And we we will state that firmly at any age, that is what is needed. This is necessary medical care. This is not optional. This is not just a preference. It is not cosmetic. It is, it's typically covered by insurance because it is recognized as an absolutely necessary medical form of care. And it's a difficult topic, especially because of a lot of the laws that have been passed recently across the country. But if you have the resources, if you live in a state, if your child is under 18 and wants access to gender affirming medical care and your state laws will not allow that, if you have the resources to leave that state and to relocate your family, I realize that's a huge thing. But if you have the resources, that is the best thing you can do for your child. We understand that some people don't have the resources. And in those cases, I should be careful what I say for legal reasons, but there's other ways to access hormones. There's different things out there, but especially at at the very least, the lowest hanging fruit we can say is for those who have the resources who live in those states, please, please seriously consider relocating your families to a state where your child can access gender affirming care. And it's a heartbreaking choice, but we're seeing many people do this. Many people are posting on social media about picking up everything they own and moving and out of states that they love and they thought were the states they'd be raising their families, but they're, they are not safe for their transgender kids and they will not allow for their transgender kids to have the medical care that they need. So it's it's really alarming and tragic. And that's a whole other topic that we've covered in other episodes as well. So please know about anti-trans legislation. Do not support it. Make sure you're following and supporting politicians who believe in trans-affirming care. So as far as what to say, what to do, just be affirming. Whatever your child says, support them let them know you love them, let them know you're there for them. What would you say, Jackie? I mean, I looking back, I didn't say the right things. And so I probably need a reminder of what are those things are probably pretty simple. 
Yeah, I think not challenging your child, telling them that you understand, that you accept them, that you will refer to them as the name that they have chosen with the pronouns that feel correct for them. I think that's all huge and showing that you might slip up at first, but showing that you're really making an effort to use their correct name and pronouns is a huge thing, supporting them with medically affirming treatment. All of these things are really, really critical. I will come back to if you're co-parenting a child with someone, whether they're your spouse or not your spouse, if you're co-parenting a child with someone who is not as accepting and is not in that place, one, trying to help educate them, but also being your child's ally and and protecting them and standing up for them and not allowing that co-parent to block access to gender-affirming care to not allow that co-parent to harm your child's mental health by consistently misgendering them or dead naming them and whatever that might mean that you have to work out with your child and your co-parent around custody. You just can't allow someone to harm your child in that way. So I'd say that's a big thing, sticking up for them, not just with co-parents, but with grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, anyone who might be struggling with this reality and really just being an advocate advocate for your child. Excellent points. So affirming, believing your child, affirming your child, supporting your child, loving your child, not challenging your child, protecting your child from others. You're talking about a co-parent, which that becomes really problematic if because po- both parents have to sign for medical care, mm-hmm. but also grandparents, other family members, teachers. It's your job to protect your child from anyone who is not going to be affirming and to completely cut off any exposure to those people. It could be incredibly harmful. Making sure that they get the care that they need, the mental health care, if therapy is an option, if they want to do that, if they're willing, hopefully they are, seeing a doctor right away to make sure that they're going to get the treatment that is best suited for them and is aligned with what they're feeling like they need. Just expressing constant messages of support. But along with that, really following their pace because the other side of the spectrum that becomes problematic as well is pushing your child to make decisions and make changes more quickly than they might be ready to. I've heard this from so many parents as well. The parent is saying, let's go clothes shopping. Let me take you and buy you dresses if they have a trans daughter. No, it's not your job to determine that timeline. It's the individual's job. And it's you also don't want to force on them your notions of their gender expression. They will have to figure that out for themselves. And I, I think it's important to point out that a lot of what we've said in this episode applies largely to binary trans people who are transitioning from presenting as one side of the gender binary to another side. And that there's a lot of people out there who identify as non-binary, as genderqueer, gender fluid, and that they're not going to fit into those boxes on a consistent basis. And that that is going to be a lot harder for parents in many cases to accept and to explain to relatives and to be an ally with. And so it's really important for us to just stress that your child does not have to fit into any binary. They do not have to And especially non, I think a lot of parents will think of being non-binary as a phase. They'll say, oh, that's a phase. You're going to be non-binary and then you're going to 
transition to being a woman or a man. And that's not the case. There are people who are non-binary, who are gender fluid, who present as different genders at different times, who don't identify as either gender. And it's really, really important to accept all trans identities, not just binary trans identities, and to really stress that for parents and that it's not, you're not accepting and you're not being an ally if you're only accepting binary trans identities. Exactly. This is this is an interesting one that I see all the time too, that that many people are struggling more with understanding someone identifying as non-binary than feeling like I'm an ally and I understand you're a trans woman, you're a trans man, but really struggling with they, them pronouns and understanding the experience. And you just and every experience is different. A couple episodes ago, Jackie, we had a guest who's non-binary and talked, Aaron, who talked a lot about their experience as a non-binary person and coming out. And we were very clear to say that their experience is not everyone's experience. So the bottom line with all of this, whether someone's binary or non-binary, is listening to and understanding and honoring each individual's unique experience with their own gender identity and expression. And when it's your child, that's the most important thing you can do is just hear them out, listen, honor, respect, validate, affirm, whatever it is that they're sharing with you. And if it changes, it changes. We all change and figure out more about ourselves as we go through this life. So allow them the space and the love to do that. So this was a really brief overview of our suggestions for what to do when your kid comes out as transgender, which of course applies to anybody you know who has a kid. And we hope that you've listened, even if it's not your child, it's someone you know. But we really want you to continue to learn about this. And one of the best ways you can do that is to look into some of our additional resources. And one is a full 90-minute video that we created for you that you can watch, that you can rent for a full year for only $10 on Vimeo. It's called Transgender Allyship 101. So know that what we've touched on here is just scratching the surface. And that 90-minute video is going to give you a lot more detail on how to be supportive, how to be an ally. You can go and rent that very easily at vimeo.com, V-I-M-E-O.com slash on demand slash trans ally. And you can always go to our website, transgenderschool.org to see all of the resources that we have there. You can also access the full course as well as all of our content and support our work with a monthly subscription at patreon.com slash transgender school. Thank you, Jackie. So thanks for listening or watching everybody. We really hope that you will share this one because there is such a great need. This is your opportunity to make a difference. We have no doubt if you found your way to this, either you have a trans child and or you know someone with a trans child who came out recently. And when we say child, we mean young adult, we mean young child, we mean they could their child could be 50 and coming out. This applies to any age. It's just we're using the word child because it's your child as a parent. It's for everybody. Please share, please get the word out and please support us and follow us. You can always also sign up for our newsletter to keep up with all the work we're doing. We just send it out on a monthly basis and you can sign up at our website, transgenderschool.org. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our Transgender School podcast. We hope you learned something new and that you're inspired to learn more. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. 
And please be sure to check out our website, transgenderschool.org. You'll find many valuable resources there, including news about upcoming courses we'll be teaching. Make sure to join us for future podcast episodes. We'll catch you on the first Tuesday of every month. 